excited to be in the house of God today. Come on. Such a good day. I hear that it's National Ice Cream Sunday. Come on. That's why you're all excited. Let's be real. That's why you're excited today. No. Hey, you know, I've recently been just reminded of the scripture that says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Such a great freedom that we have, a gift that we have. And, you know, I want to look in the camera. I know we're syncing up with a few different places. People are watching online and you know, this summer I've met so many new people coming to church, which has been exciting. And I think some people don't know this, and I want to just speak to the camera today. Um, we, every single week, get to stream into Chesterfield County Jail, and it is an amazing partnership for us. It's our third campus, and there's, God's been doing some amazing things there. We have a great partnership there. People are going in each week and uh, getting discipled. There's some small groups there, but people are coming to know Jesus Church. Come on. People are getting saved, set free, and check this out. In two weeks, we are coming to you inside the jail, and we're going to do baptisms there with you all. Come on. Can we welcome them? So fired up about that, that we get to do that. Well, church, it's been an amazing summer for us. We're summer, in the, um, summer at the chapel has been incredible. We started off, you know, really the month of July is just our time to serve people throughout the summer. So we started off with VBS. Who's a part of VBS? Yes, we had an amazing, great team. We had an amazing just week of just students, young people, children coming to know the Lord, and this place was just filled, and we've continued with our chapel student nights, and it's been awesome. We just had the color war this past Wednesday night, which is great. I now have a middle schooler going to youth group, all right? I'm getting old, and man, I'm stepping into the middle school years, and it's getting weird, all right? And I'm so thankful for Pastor KJ and Emma and all that they do, and it's been an amazing, amazing, in fact, the kids were just covered in color, and then they were beating up cars outside here and spray painting them and doing bonfire. You're like, is this really church? Is this what you're talking about right now? But no, really, it's an amazing event that we've done and it really just brings in kids who maybe wouldn't come to church and these events are designed just to invite people in and, and I'm excited because they have the motion conference that's coming up at the end of this. In fact, we have a college ministry, young adult ministry that's been meeting as well all throughout the summer. On Monday nights, it's called Thrive. And for our middle school, high school and young adults, we do this conference. It's our first time ever called Motion. I know you heard Pastor KJ talk about it, and you heard us just highlight it in our announcements. But I want to give you a little analogy of what it's like. Okay, for me, when I was a young person, um, many, many years ago, when I was in youth group, I went to youth camp. Anybody know what youth camp is or been to youth camp before? Okay, some people in the room. And at youth camp is when I actually came to know Jesus. It's when I, it's when I met Jesus. In fact, at youth camp, I was actually called into ministry too. So Motion Conference is like our version of youth camp. It's a three-day event that's going to happen here, and so we're not sleeping over at the church, but it's here local, so it's going to be January 20th, 29th, and 30th, and if you have not signed up your young person for that, we are really excited about all God's going to do. So listen, church, be praying into all that he's going to do that weekend in the lives of these students. Some students are going to make the steps for Jesus for the first time, maybe be called in a ministry, maybe just discover their purpose and what God's doing in their lives, and we're so excited for Motion Conference. But I want to tell you one last thing before we dive into the message today, and that's probably one of the most, my most favorite things that we do at the chapel, and it's actually called 21 Days of Prayer, and this is happening in August. I know I'm excited about it too. Um, you know, in the beginning of the, the year in January, we started off uh, the year by praying, and it helps us just refocus, reset our hearts, and we do it as well in August. And this is, again, a time for us just to kind of say, Lord, a lot's happened over the summer. We're about to enter into the fall, and we want to we reposition our hearts towards you. In fact, 
You know, the truth is a lot of people do take vacation in the summer from work, but a lot of times people actually as well take vacation from God. And at times people's spirituality can be at the weakest in the summertime. And so at the end of the summer, as we prepare our hearts for the school year, 21 days of prayer as a church, love for you online, in the room, be a part of this. It is a season where we are going after the heart of God. And I tell you, God does some incredible things in those 21 days of prayer. And so you don't want to miss it. It's going to be at 7 a.m. 7 it'll be one hour sharp. We're going to have a full band this time in worship. It's going to be an incredible time as we just continue to refocus, reposition our hearts for all that God is saying, all that he's speaking, all that he's doing in our lives. But I get to continue our series today, Summer at the Chapel. Pastor Brandon and Katie are taking some time away right now, being refreshed, revived. I'm so honored and thankful that he is our lead pastor. And I know God's doing some incredible things in his life, in their lives right now as they get refreshed. How many are thankful for our pastors? Amen. I know sometimes we're thankful for you. I know that you watch. We love you. God's launching our church into some incredible times. If you're new to our church, I know you're a little bit of a next update. We actually just did a wall out here that gives you a little bit of an idea of some of the things that we're stepping into as a church as we expand. But I'll tell you, church, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the team here at the chapel, but I'm saying this because I've never been a part of a movement that is the local church like this one right now. And I am so honored and I'm so thankful to be a part of this team. You know, I was telling my wife this just yesterday, and I'm going to jump in the message, I promise. But I was telling my wife this just yesterday, I was like, you know, and this is, this means a lot, because I've worked at a lot of churches. I, I said to her, I was like, if I didn't work at the chapel, it would be a church that I'd actually attend, you know? And I'm telling you, I know it sounds weird to you, but sometimes that's not always the case for pastors and leaders. But I tell you, even if I wasn't a pastor here, this would be a church that I want to bring my family to, because I'm so excited about what God's doing in our children, in our youth, in our young adults, and all that he has prepared. So, all right, I'm going to jump into the message today because I'm excited to speak about it. Thank you for listening a little bit just to some of the announcements, the things that are coming, but I'm so excited and honored to be here with y'all. Um, so today, what I want to do is I want to jump into one of my favorite topics in the Bible, and it is about hearing the voice of God, okay, hearing the voice of God. In fact, I think the number one question in Christianity is, how do I hear God's voice? How does God speak to me? And the good thing is this, is that we have a speaking God. Come on, church, how many know that we have a speaking God, amen? Like, we have a God who speaks to us. He's a God that's not like an idol. He's not a God that's just, that's just so far and distant from us. He is a God that, listen, no matter if you're new to church right now, very first time, or you've been going to church your whole life, he has something very specific that he is saying to you in this season. And so God is a speaking God, and truth is, is God has never stopped speaking. Since the Bible says it right here, right, in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God said... And so since the start of all creation, God spoke into existence, right? He never has stopped speaking. In fact, in the um, New Testament, God starts speaking in the Old Testament, right? He continues to speak as he concludes the Bible, if you will, to the church. And seven times he uses this phrase. He says, he that has ears, let him hear. And so I really want to propose to us today that we have a God that speaks to us. But a lot of times in our lives, it can be hard to understand what he's saying. And I think one of the most important things for us as a Christian is truly knowing how to decipher, differentiate, and hear the voice of God amongst other voices in our lives. In fact, I truly believe that everything in our life, catch this, everything in our life is attached to his voice. That every single thing that takes place in our lives is actually attached to the voice of God. In fact, Matthew 4 says it, right? It says that man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. So our own sustenance, everything inside of us, 
relies on a speaking God. So today, church, I want to talk about what does it look like to have God speak to us. And I thought a good scripture just kind of jump off into, we won't focus on it too much, but I think a great scripture to focus on today is this one in John chapter 10. And it says this, is actually Jesus speaking. And he says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. You know, I love how the Bible does this. A lot of times it will use analogies of like a shepherd and a sheep. And this is what God does just to help us understand. And his audience in the, in the New Testament, you know, was more of an agricultural group. And so he would use analogies like this. And he says this, he says, a shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. How many know that it's so important to let God take the lead in our lives? Amen. Like it's so important that he goes on out ahead of us. And it says this, as he's ahead of them, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so with one word spoken from the shepherd, with one word spoken from God, the sheep, we as his people, have the ability to hear his voice and he can actually direct us in the places that he wants us to go. So before you do anything, right, before you go to work, before you answer that email, before you post on social media, we want to say, God, what are you speaking? What are you saying? We want to settle our hearts before him. In fact, Proverbs says it this way. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And I truly believe that he is the one that's going to set us straight, keep us on track. So before we do anything, we're going to ask the Father, Father, what do you say about this situation? What do you say about this conflict? What do you say about this, this resolution that I need in my marriage? What do you say about this, this issue I'm dealing with in my workplace or with my kids or this big decision I have to make or, or, or this place that I'm going to move to? What God are you saying? Because he's a God that speaks to us. And just like I said earlier, Jesus makes this bold statement, and this is the passage we're actually going to focus on today in Luke 8. Jesus makes this bold statement, and he says this. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so the big thought for us today that I want you to grab a hold of, and if you're taking notes, I don't have it here, but you can write this down because I think it's super important for us. And the launching pad for this discussion today is this, is that God doesn't have a speaking problem. We actually have a listening problem, all right? Amen. So let me say that God doesn't have a speaking problem. Maybe you walked in the room and said, I haven't been hearing from God, or has God been silent in my life? I want you to hear this today. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We actually at times in our lives, can have a listening problem. In fact, God says, I am speaking, so the one who has ears, right, let him hear the word of God. So if we can lean in, if we can tune in, if we can cut through the noise, we're gonna hear what God has and what he continually is speaking to us. And so what I wanna do is I wanna look at this story. It's actually a parable of Jesus called the seed, the sower, and the soil. I think it's a powerful parable, and it's an exciting one. Jesus actually tells the parable, and then the cool thing is, is he comes back and he unpacks the parable himself. He doesn't always do that in scripture, but sometimes he does that. This is one of those times. So instead of you hearing my words today, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. We're gonna hear Jesus's words today, okay? Is it all right if the Bible speaks to us today, right? We're gonna parse through this, so let's do that. We're gonna pray, and then I'm gonna jump in, and we're gonna look at this parable and see what the Lord has to say about his word today. Father, we thank you so much, God, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. And Jesus, I just ask right now, even in this moment, now, we would really grab a hold of the truth that you are a speaking God, that you're a God that talks to us, you're a God that's with us, you're a God that has not abandoned us, you're a God that's not silent, you're not, a, you're not a God that's left. If anybody in the room's ever felt that way, that God has just left the room, the truth is he's not left the room. 
So Father, I pray that you would bring into our understanding the ways that we can tune you in, the ways that we can hear you. We ask this in the strong name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen. Amen. Let's read this story together. In Luke 8, Jesus is speaking and he says, a farmer went out to sow seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants out. So other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. And so Jesus says this, just like we looked at before. He, at the end of it, says, when he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so what we got to realize is not that God is silent in our lives, it's that it's just not landing in the right place. And now he goes on to actually begin to explain this passage. And this is what we're going to look at today. This is our point. This is actually Jesus' explanation of this parable. And he says this. He starts off by explaining and he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Come on, say that with me. The seed is the word of God. And this is the first time we begin to really see in the New Testament, that he is saying that God is speaking words into our lives, and there are certain places that they're going to land on inside of our own hearts. And he goes on to explain the parable, and the first thing he says here about it is he says, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And so the first time he said, actually, the birds came, right? And the birds stole away the seed. Now he's saying it's actually the enemy the great adversary of our life, that when God speaks, he actually comes and takes it away. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is the first thing I call it. I call this the polluted heart. This is the polluted heart. So it's God trying to speak, but watch this. We've got junk inside of our heart. We've got some pollution in our hearts. And listen, don't let that hurt your feelings because it happens to me as well. In fact, it happens to every single person maybe in this room. At some times in your own personal walk, there's some junk, there's some pollution that can get inside of your heart. And the fact is this, is the enemy tries nonstop for you and me to put things in our heart that will pollute us. And it doesn't matter what God is saying, the pollution is taking over in our lives and, and we actually cannot hear or decipher what the Lord is saying. And listen, that pollution comes in two forms today. I want to share what those two are. Number one is this, is the pollution is actually something that you've done to yourself. It's the choices that we make. It's, it's the sin that we commit. Listen, we all sin, but some of us have what I call unrepentant sin. The truth is the Bible says all have sinned, right, and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's actually sin that we haven't given to God. Sin that we didn't say, God, forgive me for that sin. So we're carrying around the shame and this guilt. I know at times it can be hard to preach on sin, but I want you to know it shouldn't be hard for us to talk about sin because sin does happen. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we expose it, the more that we realize that God actually wants to speak clearly in our life, but we're carrying around unrepented sin, this guilt and this shame that we were never intended to ever carry. In fact, Jesus is saying over and over again, listen, I actually paid a high price to carry that sin, to carry that guilt and shame, and you no longer need to carry it anymore. How many are thankful and excited that Jesus did that on Calvary, amen? He did. And so here's what happens when we allow sin into our lives, habitual, continual sin, and it goes unrepentant, it's like we're picking back up guilt, shame, and sin. You know, in fact, recently I just came to this great understanding of what shame is. Somebody shared this acronym with me. It was self-hatred at my expense. 
right? I'd never heard it like that before. And when I, when I heard it, I was like, man, that is so true. The enemy wants us to carry things that we're not supposed to carry. And what it actually does is it pollutes our hearts when we haven't given it to God. Some of you have done some things in this room that other people have done, but the only difference maybe between you and them is that they've asked for forgiveness of it. They've brought it to the Lord and they repented of it because his kindness leads us to forgiveness. Here's the second thing I think that causes pollution. It's not that you maybe did it to yourself, right? But people did it to you, right? Every time you draw close to God, how many of the devil's gonna try to stir up some kind of relationship issue in your life? It can be with a spouse, it can be with your kids, it can be with the place of work. Every time you try to get close to God, every time God tries to speak something to you, there begins to have this problem. Maybe you even know as I speak, man, there are these problems I'm having in my life right now with this person, maybe with my husband or with my wife or with my kids. I want you to hear this. This is really important. That problem is not between you and that person. It's not. That problem is actually put there by the enemy to distract you and to bring you in a place where you are not able to hear clearly from God anymore because you've been harboring this unforgiveness or this frustration or this issue of something that someone has done to you. And so really pollution to us is, is an issue of us not repenting and giving sin to the, to the Lord and saying, God, here's some things that I've done in my life. But it's also us carrying around in us unforgiveness. Now, here's what forgiveness does. When we can move past the hurt that's been done to us, it doesn't mean that what's been done to us was okay. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. But when we begin to forgive and freely forgive, we experience freedom ourselves. And then we're actually able to hear the voice of God clearly. And I don't know about you, but sometimes like, I, can, I can see this happening in my life. Even Sunday morning, some of the, the most chaotic times in my house is when we're getting ready to go to church Sunday morning. Anybody ever have experienced that before? Maybe on the car ride here, right? Like some of your craziest times, you're like, why on any other day of the week this doesn't happen? But Sunday mornings, it's like crazy town to get here. Maybe some of you are watching online because that was your situation today, right? Like I want you to know that's not a coincidence. Listen, the gospel is more simplistic than we could ever realize. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. And the enemy is seeking so desperately to distract you and take you away and pollute your heart so that you can't hear God's word clearly. It's truly as simple as that. And so a lot of times what we have to do is we have to repent of our sin, ask God to forgive us, and we have to move in a direction because if you don't, it will pollute the conversation that we had, that we have between us and God. In fact, I love how it said here in James, James says, here's what you have to do. Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts for it is strong enough to save your soul. Listen to this. He says, Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message that he's planted. So he says, listen, get rid of all the things because if you don't, there's a message that God's actually trying to speak to you and if the pollution, the filth, the guilt, the, sh the shame, the sin, all those, if they live there, you're not gonna be able to receive the message that God is speaking to you. And you know, there's this church word, I know I shared it earlier, but I think it's so true. It's this word that sometimes we can be afraid of, a word that we, we think that is negative, but, but I think it's a beautiful positive word, and it's repentance. It's, it's, <laughs> repentance is literally, I'm going in a direction I'm not supposed to be going in. I'm doing some things I'm not supposed to be doing. Maybe I'm hiding those things. Maybe I'm not proud of those things, and so what's happened is, is I don't want to talk about them, or I don't want to deal with them because it's going to cause more guilt or shame, and so what happens is the enemy keeps us in this one direction, but the Bible, the Bible says that God leads us to repentance through his kindness. And here's what happens. When you say, God, I'm gonna give this to you. Lord, I don't want this a part of my life anymore. Forgive me of my sins immediately on a dime. 
Repentance is you turning and going in a completely different direction. And when you do that, you experience this freedom. And so repentance is this beautiful word, this beautiful thing that we get to have in our lives. And for some of us, maybe this is, this is where you're at in the issue, or maybe for some of you, this isn't where you're at in the issue, but I want you to know the truth is this. I wrote this down this week. We can't begin a new life until we turn from the old one. So if you're trying to live in the new creation that you have access to through Jesus Christ, the truth is this, is you're not going to be able to do that until you're ready to turn from the old one. You know, that doesn't change what Jesus did on the cross. It doesn't change all the things that you have access to. But if you don't choose to live in that new life, and we do that through repentance, we do that through forgiveness, we do that through going to the Father, then we can't walk into the newness that God has for us. We can't. The crazy thing is, is like sometimes we can get used to the pollution in our life, right? I'll share this one last example, and we'll move on to the next one. But, you know, as a kid, I used to go visit my grandparents in Niagara Falls, New York. And I remember we would cross the, the Grand Island State Bridge, and when we would cross the Grand Island State Bridge to get into Niagara Falls, I remember as a kid being like, what is that smell? And I used to say it to my father, and it was these factories. There's factories all throughout Niagara Falls, western New York area. And I mean, it was a weird, different type of smell. Like, I had never smelled anything like that in my life. But I'll tell you, after being in Niagara Falls for maybe just an hour or two, that smell went away. But the truth is, is it didn't go away. I just got used to it. And I remember it wouldn't be until I left that I would recognize the difference. And I want you to know sin and unforgiveness is the same way in our lives. We can get so used to it that we don't recognize that it's become a new normal for us. And so the first thing is, is we've got to get rid of the pollution in our life, okay? Here's what else Jesus says. He goes on to the passage and he says, now the next type of soil, right? The rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, the roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. So if the, if the first condition of the heart didn't really connect with you, I believe one of these other three are gonna connect with you today. But how many have experienced this in your own life, right? As soon as you step out, as soon as you take a step into what God has for you, how many know that advancement will invite some opposition, right? As soon as you see God move in your life, the enemy begins to move in your life. And whenever God says something to you, like even on a Sunday morning, God may speak this amazing message for, for, to you. Then as soon as you leave, you like forget, right? I call this, this is what I call I call it the distracted heart. So Jesus calls this and he sees this as the distracted heart. So here's the thing about distractions. Distractions can even be good things in our lives. They're not just about the negative things, but they can also be good things in our lives. And for a lot of us, we aren't hearing from God because we are hearing someone else. There are these competing voices trying to take our attention away from what God is saying. You know, I think about it in the context of like um, being at the pool with my kids and, you know, my daughter's, like, running really fast, and I'm trying to yell to her and, and help her slow down and give her some good instruction, but there's all this splashing and these voices in between, right? There's these competing voices that are causing distraction, and she cannot hear what I'm saying. And I want you to know God is talking, but, but we have all these competing voices in our lives, this noise in our life that can drown out what's happening. In fact, the biggest distraction for me is, is this right here. All right, I'm going to be honest today. This is my... Anybody else in the room? Come on, be honest. Let's be real, right? This is my biggest distraction. Some of you, I, I see you nodding your heads. This can be, I'm connected to everything through this, and I love it. You know, technology isn't a bad thing. It gives us the ability to stream online, and we get to sync up our campuses. I mean, there's so many great things. You get to stay connected to family, but too much accessibility can actually be a bad thing, right? It can be a drain on our soul, all this accessibility. In fact, I have this um, stat down here. Kids 8 to 18 average 7.5 hours a day on their phone. Come on, that's like a full-time job for people. 
And look, I'm going to confess my sins to you right now, all right? Because I know confession is good for the soul, but I know it's bad for the reputation, okay? I'm going to model it for you today. I love to connect with God in the morning. In fact, you know, as a, as a parent with three little kids and a full schedule, if I don't connect with God in the morning, it's going to be harder for me to do that at some point in the day. And so I, I try to make it a priority. The first thing I do in the morning is I connect with the Lord. And so, you know, I'll have my Bible and, and I'll have my phone and, and, I'll, and I'll be just connecting with him. I got a playlist on here I listen to or maybe I'll stream something. And, you know, I want to take some notes, right, when I'm connecting to God. And, and then what happens is I get to my phone and I look at my phone and there's this unread text message just glaring at me, right? Or this, this email, you're like, oh my gosh, I did not respond to that last night or, or whatever it may be. And what happens is, is my time I'm supposed to be spending with the Lord now, I'm looking at my phone, I'm responding to things. I'm, and 30 minutes go by and I've been scrolling on social media, right? And the truth is like, this can be, this is my thing. I know that distractions can destroy or take away my time that I have spent with the Father. And this is something that really speaks to me. And I'm just saying this because I think all of hell, listen, I think all of hell is trying to keep us from God, church. Like all of hell is trying to keep us from God and it can be something that's not good or it can be something that is plenty good. It can be a distracted heart. And this is one I know that speaks to me. You know, Jesus actually tells this really great story in the, um, Luke chapter 10. And he's telling this story about when he went to go visit a friend who actually had two sisters. And he's, he goes to this house, he's speaking and there's two sisters listening and they both hear what he has to say but they both react differently because one has ears to hear and one doesn't have ears to hear. In fact, it says this, that Martha had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. So here's how the story goes down. Jesus was invited to this house and, and he's spending time with, with this family and they're preparing food for him. They're so excited, the disciples are with them. But Mary decides to leave. And she goes and she sits at the feet of Jesus. And as she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, her sister Martha comes in and she is just upset. And she says, Lord, why, why, would, you, why would you let my sister just come and sit here when there's so many things to do, right? There are so many good things to do. Think about this. The creator of the universe is coming to your house. Like you're gonna make sure everything is exactly the way that it needs to be. But, but it says that Jesus looked at Martha and it says that he loved her. And he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. For there's only one thing needed, and Mary has chosen that one thing, and it will not be taken from her. I want you to know, church, today, that the one thing you've been created for is to actually sit and gaze upon Jesus. It's actually to sit and be in his presence. You know, I want you to hear this today. You were not created to stay busy. And then this isn't a sermon about busyness. I don't want you to hear that. I mean, Jesus had the busiest, the fullest schedule of all, but he knew the importance of getting before his father before he did anything else. He knew the importance of knowing that he had to actually sit and listen to the voice of God because the, the truth is, is we are to serve people, but the first person we are supposed to wait on is the Lord. The first person we're supposed to be with is the Lord. And out of that relationship with the Father flows this whole entire relationship that we have as we serve other people. Martha was occupied and distracted by good things, but Mary chose this one thing. And I'll tell you in my life that I've done that. Even as a pastor, as a leader, I've done that at times. I've, I've been so distracted by doing all the good things that I have slacked back on spending time with the one thing, with the one person that matters more than anything else in my life. And I know that this one truly speaks to me. In fact, I wrote this down this week, and I think it's so true. To hear God's voice, I must turn down the world's volume. 
I got to turn down the distractions. I got to put myself in a place where I can eliminate distractions so that I can hear what God is saying. And the world's volume is a real thing. And so listen, we, we talked about pollution, right? Pollution will definitely keep you from hearing the voice of God. Distractions, I know this has been my thing. And, and if, that, if neither one of those were the, your thing, I think this one's going to be your thing here right now. And that's this. It's a seed that fell among the weeds. It stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, by life's riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. Weeds. I love this word here. Who's ever tried to grow a weed before? Come on, let me see your hands, right? Nobody's tried to grow a weed. I learned about the fast growth of a weed when I moved to Virginia. You know, like I didn't realize, like, man, they just pop out of nowhere, right? And, you know, when I think about this, I think about a word, I think about the fact that, like, if you drive by somebody's house where there's lots of weeds, or if you drive by a farm where there's lots of weeds, there's a word that comes to mind. And let me tell you what that word is. I think that word is neglect, okay? That's what it is. It's like, it's, it's just, I'm not into it anymore. I, I've just kind of given up on the process. I'm just not into it anymore. Maybe I started off a certain way, but then I've got a little laxed, and, and I'm just not into it anymore. In fact, let's say this last word with us together, and it says that they do not, what, mature, Here's the last thing I would call it right here, and that is, I would call this the immature heart. The immature heart. I'd call it the neglected heart. It's the, I'm, I'm like so great with where I'm at in my faith, I don't think I need to move forward anymore. Like I'm saved, and I'm great in my Christian faith, and God is saying, listen, yes, you are saved, but it's time to mature, church. It's time to grow up in our faith. In fact, Paul talks about this in the New Testament. He says that we gotta move from, from milk to now solid food. I mean, it's a really important teaching that he's teaching people because a lot of people would just stay in the milk. And I want you to know this. If you're brand new to church or this is your first time in church or you're just recently saved, man, there's gonna be seasons in our life where we're gonna be, like, that's, that's where we're at. We're gonna receive the milk. But Paul's saying, listen, there's a season in our life where we move from the milk to the solid food. We move from one thing to another thing. You know, in fact, Bridget and I are always having conversations every day, like adult conversations, right? We, she's an adult, I'm an adult. We have these these mature conversations, and, and we communicate things about our kids, our schedule, our relationship, and, and it has this sophisticated content to it. But when I talk to my, my daughter, Isley, who's four years old, right, like the conversation isn't about, you know, my 401k or portfolio, right? It's not about, hey, the hot water tank broke, and like we got to get a different coil on it, and no, not at all, because like that doesn't compute to her, and so you recognize that like at her age, there's a certain type of conversation I'm gonna have with her that's gonna be very different than the conversation that I'm gonna have with my wife. But here's the point. Some of you in this room are dissatisfied maybe at the level of communication God has with you, but maybe it's on us to actually grow up. Maybe it's on us to mature in our faith. Maybe it's us to say, you know what? I believe I need to go deeper in this season into the things that God has for me. And I want you to know that he wants to take you deeper in this season. He wants to show you things that maybe you haven't seen before because you've had a polluted heart, or you've had a distracted heart, or maybe it's because you've just chosen to stay exactly where you're at. You know, I know a lot of times this can be like a, a fatherly talk. When I was going through it, I was like, man, this sounds like a fatherly talk of what I was saying to my kids, you know? And the truth is, is sometimes I need to hear it myself because I truly believe that sometimes we can act like spiritual kids versus spiritual parents, that God has desired for us to be called into. In fact, I love how Hebrews says it here. It says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith all around us, in the Bible, around in our lives, in this church, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that can so distract us. In other words, this maturity process can't happen right, on our own. 
We have people that set the tone for us. This is why you hear us talking about growth track all the time, or we talk about the fall semester of small groups that we're about to jump into. Sometimes you need to know that in your life, growth is dependent upon who you place yourself around, the people that you do life with. In fact, I truly believe that there's some things that God wants to speak to you that he hasn't spoken to you just yet because you haven't put yourself in a place of community because he actually wants to say it through someone else. And when we put ourselves in a place of community, when we put ourselves in a place where people are gonna sharpen us, right? Iron sharpens iron. We begin to see that our growth is not just dependent on my relationship with God solely. It's actually dependent on a community of faith, a body of Christ. Like we're one unit that is growing together. And I believe this is so true that mature... Oh, but I didn't finish that scripture. And it's so good. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. And out of that, I wrote this down. Maturity comes when we stop making excuses. And listen, start making changes. Like, this is what happens. Like, in the day and age that we live in now, it's so easy to make excuses. You know, in fact, I think about 21 days of prayer. I know I just talked about it earlier, and I'm really excited about it. But I think about 21 days of prayer. Like, I'm so pumped about 21 days of prayer because you really will grow in that season. Like, you come and you get yourself for the Lord, and, and there's things that maybe you want to give up and fast for a little while. There's things you're going to pray about. But when you put yourself before the Lord, you're really going to grow. And I love it. But let me tell you this right now. I got to tell you, it's not easy for me to get here early in the morning, okay? I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it's a grind. Sometimes I wake up and I don't want to come to 21 days of prayer. Sometimes I got to rearrange the schedule at home. And, and listen, I'm a morning person. It's not that. But listen, I can wake up in the morning. But if you're telling me to take a shower and I got to get dressed and be nice to people at 7 a.m., you know, it's a little different. So I want you to know you're in good company if sometimes you, you want to do things that aren't easy to do. But let me tell you what that is. It's called maturity. It's called discipline. You know, and, and I hope you have just some grace for me. I know, I know today's message can, can feel in a way like, man, there's, there's a lot of things. But I want you to know the word of God sometimes does pierce through our heart because there is so much inside of each and every single one of you that God wants to draw out. There's so much inside of you. So, so for, for us at times, we're on this stage preaching to maybe just preach something that's like easy and always fluffy for us to hear. I mean, that's, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to allow the word of God to pierce our hearts. But man, he does it in such a way. He does it in such a way where it produces growth. Let me tell you, that growth in your life is not just for you. It's for every single person you come encounter with. I truly believe that God is beginning to do something in the land I know this is a little separate, but I really believe that God is beginning to do something within the church, within this community, and I believe that it's going to blast into the neighborhoods all over this region. But let me tell you, it's going to take us being disciplined. It's going to take us stepping out and becoming leaders of groups we never thought we would lead before. It's going to take us coming to 21 days of prayer with hunger and anticipation of all that God's going to do. Because in Matthew, it says that those who are hungry and thirsty will be filled. It's going to take us coming before the Lord and recognizing and knowing He's got so much more to do. But let me share this last one with you. Jesus goes on, and he finalizes it with this. He goes, but the seed, the word of God, on good soil, it stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, and listen, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. This is the last one, and it's this. I call it the prepared heart. And these three simple little words are so profound, and this is what God is calling all of us today to is to have a heart that is prepared for whatever the Lord says. However the Lord wants to speak, however he wants to direct, whatever he wants to guide me into, this is the prepared heart. 
that we're ready to receive what the word has for us, what the Lord has. And I want you to know, God has been speaking since the dawn of time. He never stopped. But today, I want us to prepare our hearts. I want to give you three ways before we close today of how you can prepare your heart. And the first one we talked about a little earlier, and this is one that I think is so important, church. No matter what you're experiencing in your life, no matter what's happening, things that people know about or things that people don't know about, we have to return to repentance. We have to return to coming to a place humbly before the Lord and saying, God, there's some junk in my heart. There's some things that I should not be doing or ways in my life I should not be living. But Lord, I recognize that there is freedom in you and there's freedom in forgiveness and that when I come before you, God, I can say, Lord, forgive me of the things that I've been doing. And what happens is this, is, is you just turn. You turn from your way of living to his way of living. You have access to this new life. And this is how you begin to get your heart prepared. Not only do we do it through repentance, but we also do it through refocusing. And maybe refocusing for you means, you know what? I got to reprioritize my schedule. That's what I'm going to do. Because if I want to hear the Lord clearly, if I want to recognize and know that he's got some new things for me, he wants to take me deeper, right? He wants me to move me from the shallow end or from the milk to the solid food. Maybe I got to go to bed a little earlier at night. Maybe I got to pull back from binge watching some Netflix, Maybe I have to rearrange some things in my life. Maybe I have to put my phone on airplane mode a little bit more. Maybe I need to just refocus my heart and my life to him. Let me tell you, when he does that, man, he shows up in such a mighty way in your life. And here's the last one. We ask God to revive us. Say, bring back into life, breathe back into life the things that I was once passionate about, the things that I was once excited about. In fact, 2 Corinthians says it like this. He said, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us. Come on, let's do that today as a church both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. Let's make a clean break. Let's say today, I'm going to make a decision that I want to hear clearly from the Lord. I'm going to make a decision and I'm going to know that God wants to reset some things in my life. And let me tell you, when you come to him with repentance, you come to him refocused, you come to him asking him to revive you, I want you to know there is a great reset that happens. And let me tell you, it can happen right now in this room. And I know I've shared this story many times and I just want to share a part of it with you that maybe you haven't heard, but there was a season of my life where I was really pushed into a place where I was like isolated for three months. It was in my internship. I was in this cabin in the woods and it was an amazing experience and, and it's something I never saw coming. But I want to tell you prior to that, I was at a place where I was really dry and I was asking the Lord, I was saying, God, I, I'm dry. I don't, I don't sense you as much as I used to. I don't hear from you as much as I used to. I feel like I'm, I'm just empty and I need more of you. And I want you to know, I prayed that prayer and God put me in a place where I experienced the fullness of God in a way I never did before. And I, and I experienced it because he led me to repentance. He led me to refocus some things. And, and for me, I experienced this revival of my own heart. And for me, I call it the great reset at what took place in my life. And every now and then, I know that I gotta go back to that place and I gotta hit the reset button. How many know that sometimes you gotta hit the reset button on your own life? And today, the Lord is saying that is available to each and every single one of you because of this, and we'll end with this today. God's voice is clearest in a prepared environment. Hey, our team's gonna come and we're gonna respond in worship. But I wanna tell you this right now. God is speaking. He is saying some amazing things about your life, about your situation, about the things that you've been walking through, about what's happening in the world. There's a lot happening all around us. If it's not happening in your life, it's happening in someone else's life, right? There's some things that are taking place, but I want you to understand this and know this today, that God has a word specifically catered for you. 
He's got a message for your family. He's got a message for your future. He's got a message to the answers and to the questions that we have of all the things that are happening and swirling around us. And so today, what I want to do as we close is we're going to ask God to speak to us. So would you stand with me? We're going to ask the Father just to speak to us in this moment. We're going to take a second as we close, as we conclude. The worship team is going to sing in just a minute. But if you would just stretch your hands out, if you feel comfortable, like just receive your palms in such a way where you're going to just receive something from the Lord. We're just going to take a minute. I know we don't do this a lot in church, but I wanted to take just 30 seconds and do this today. I'm going to stop talking, and I'm just going to let the Lord speak to us. So just listen for him. In this still small voice, when no one's speaking, no one's saying a word, we're just going to receive from the Lord right now. So God, quiet our hearts, God, as we hear. We are so hungry, Lord, and desperate for more of you. God, speak to us, Jesus. Pray, Lord, if there's things in our lives that we have to excavate and pull out, God, that you would just, you would do that. I God, I pray if there's things in our lives right now that have been distracting us and taking our attention away from you, Lord, I pray right now in this moment, you would point those things out, God. But I pray that if there's an immaturity issue in our lives and we need to grow up in our faith, Jesus, I know that could be hard to hear sometimes, but Lord, I pray that you would identify that right now because you have so much on the other side. So Lord, we love you, Father. We worship you, Lord Jesus. You're a good, good Father, and you're a God that's with us. Jesus, we love you. We ask this in the strong name of Jesus, and everyone says amen.